Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions. That's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. These are the guests I bring on my show. They're inspirational. They're motivational. They tell their story. My next guest is one I invited on the show because she supported me. She's believed in my brand. And when you start a new brand, you need relationships. And she's always been one that has uh, shown a strong light in the direction of support of what I'm trying to do with Money Making Conversation. Her name is Sheila Bell. Sheila Bell, the Bell, has worked in the field of broadcast news, journalism, and with the press for over 30 years. She's the editor-in-chief and publisher of the Bell Report. Now entering its 15th year of publishing, has become one of the top music industry go-to platforms for gospel and inspirational news. The Bell has interviewed and met some of the most influential people in the world, including Nelson Mandela, President Bill Clinton, President Jimmy Carter, President Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Dick Gregory, Coretta Scott King, Jesse Jackson, and many more. In addition to producing the Bell Report that is published Monday through Friday, the Bell currently produces and anchors the syndicated radio news show, the Bell Report Entertainment News Update, now airing in 57 markets across this country. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. She says she got her game on for me today. <laughs> Media journalist, producer, Excited to influencer, be here. and inspirational speaker, Sheila Bale. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be with you. And thank you so much for that great introduction. I felt I felt special. Well, you are, you know, because, you know, the thing about it, when people come on my show, uh, many years of uh, Steve, Steve Harvey uh, used to always when I stopped doing stand up comedy, Steve said, man, can you at least introduce me? Can you just come into my shows to just introduce wow. me? And because he just knew that. I knew you always got to set the stage. Everybody has value. And sometimes it's not enough for me to say you are just the, you know, the, the founder, the creator of the Bell Report. Let's talk a little history. Let's talk a little, because when people hear these intros, you're the, you're, you guys, you are a legacy maker. You know, you are a groundbreaker. You are a visionary. And that's why I have to put it out like that. I can't just say, you know, your name and just say, oh, well, here's the question that you sent over me to ask. I do additional research. <laughs> and so the Bell Report is something that's important to my brand. And that's why I had to invite you on my show. I said, I said, can somebody get Sheila on my show? Can somebody get on my show? Well, Rashad, we, we reaching out. What? Please get on my show and because you support my brand. And so why do you feel it's important to support my brand of money making conversations? Well, I'm I'm thinking about all the different people that you're talking to, the different lives that are out there. And it's so much that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. No one lives the same life. No Mm -hmm. one thinks the same way. Mm -hmm. No one processes information the same way. So when you're reaching out to different people on different platforms and different arenas and different cities and different states, looking at politics and people, and even when you ask them, what is your understanding and belief of God? Everyone has a different story to tell. Everyone's going to view something differently. No one processes 
information the same way. So when you're talking to me or Jesse Jackson or Michael Eric Dyson or Oprah Winfrey, no one's going to be looking at life the same way because no one has gone through life the same. Everyone has had different experiences, up, down, good, bad. Some people have money. Some people don't. Some people are challenged. Some people are not. And then sometimes you look at you are approached with the door and then the door closes in your face. What do you do? Do you sit back and do you complain or do you realize that God allowed that door to close knowing that you are the fighter and the fighter that's within you needs to come out of you. And Mm -hmm. when it comes out of you, you're going to push harder and then you're going to realize some things that you didn't realize before. You're going to learn some things about yourself that you didn't know before. And you're going to see that you're stronger than you actually thought that you were. So when I look at all the different people that you have interviewed, when I think about all the times that I've seen you and the different people that you have decided to interview, when it comes across my desk and as an option to put in the bell report i put it in the bell report with pride because i know that you are not about buffoonery you're not about foolishness but you want to make sure that not only the people that you're interviewing that you give them an opportunity but you're also educating people who are listening to other people when they are listening to you and when they're listening to your guests and when your guests have something to say that's worth listening to it says a lot about you it's kind of like the people who you're interviewing we become an extension of you so you're going to make sure whoever you interview has some sense about them to take up this time space absolutely because you're so articulate let's go back because one of the courses i want to talk about in doing research and a stutterer you know, a person who stuttered as a young person, which led to, I'm sure, ridicule, jokes. And sometimes that leads to bullying. You know, it's a lot of people think the word bully is a modern term. I can know that in my middle school, I was bully, bullied. Mm. In my high school years, I was bullied. Just didn't understand it. I just know that I, I just say they picked on me. Mom, they picking on me at school. That's the term I use instead of the word bully. These kids picking on me. So as a young stutterer, how did you deal with that and how did you overcome it to be so articulate and so mindful and so motivational today? If you're talking to the the young millennials and the Gen X, you would say it's a God thing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be real about it, God healed me from what I was going through. Mm-hmm. I was in the first, second and third grade and the stuttering was so bad. It would take me a good two or three minutes to articulate three or four or five words. Right. Just mm-hmm. to say back in the day when we were in school, sometimes a teacher would say, hey, Sheila, would you go to Miss Harris room? And give her this message. Mm-hmm. The message may be, tell Miss Harris that we're going to be going outside to play to on the playground at 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So because they knew I stuttered and because my mom also taught in the same school that mm. we were in, they were trying to help me to, to get out of it, to get out of that zone of not feeling comfortable around people. Mm-hmm. Because even then, while I was stuttering, I was also extremely shy. So by the time I left the first grade and went up to the second floor and I would tell Mrs. Harris the message, the message sort of went like this. Miss, 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 miss Harris. Mm -hmm. Miss, miss, miss. And it went on like that. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to deliver this message. you got other kids looking at you like, what is the problem? And this went on. And my mom tried to work with me. We would read books on the front porch. She would try to get me to calm down. But after the first, second and third grade, third grade, I was told that I was going to be going to a middle school for the fourth grade. So the day that we were waiting for the yellow cheese bus to come down the street (laughs) to pick us up 
to get on this bus to go mm-hmm. to Robert E. Lee Middle School. Mm-hmm. I heard this voice on going into the fourth grade. I heard this voice that said, slow down. They will hear you. Slow down. And I remember just thinking, I'm hearing a voice. I don't know where this voice is coming from, mm-hmm. but it's telling me to slow down. And something within me, maybe down in my shanana, that told me to slow it down. And once I got that in my spirit and understood, when I walked on that yellow bus, I no longer stuttered. It was just like that. It was just like that. A blessing. It was just like that. And and now when you look at your life now, you're in the creative side, journalistic side, media side, because that 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 ability to translate information is what your gift is. Promote information, what your gift is. Now let's set, let's set that. In the world, we had a president who came into office in 2016 and established a term called fake news. As he exits in 2020, that's all he's about is creating fake news. When you review information like that, how has it impacted how you report things, how you deliver information to our community? What has helped me over the years to even have the brand that I have today and to report the news that I have today is integrity. Mm-hmm. And for years, every time when I would write a story, I had to learn really early that there are two sides to the story. Right. You could always write the story the way that you want to write the story to favor the person who you like. But you have to remember that there are two sides to the story. So in being fair, I've always been fair mm-hmm. to everyone who I deal with. Integrity, your name goes a long way. So even when I'm on the air now at Praise 104.7, when I'm writing stories up on on the Bell Report, when I'm pushing stuff out on the Bell Report Entertainment News Update, when I'm having a conversation, if I'm in the pulpit, if I'm ministering, if I'm talking, if someone just approaches me, it's about being true to who you are so you can be true to other people. Sometimes it's even about being transparent so people can know that you're not trying to hide anything. So when the facts do come out and when you see what is going on for what it is, You just tell the truth. And I'll never forget the day when Michael Jackson died. Mm. I had people calling me and it shocked me. They said, Bell, we're calling you because we know if you say that he died, then we know that he died Mm -hmm. because we're just not trusting the other media. We just can't. We just can't believe it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching CNN and MSNBC (laughs) and NBC, just like everyone else trying to figure out what's going on. But they were trusting me with that. Mm -hmm. But it spoke volume to me, realizing that people are trusting me with information. And when people trust you to tell the truth and when you think about the world that we're living in now, people want to have a relationship with people who can tell the truth because often people will twist it. Yes. Look at social media. I'm looking at how social media has played mind games with people as people have gotten so caught up trying to be something that they're not trying to please people for a like or comment just so they can do whatever it is that they're trying to do. And I'm like, be real to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's too many games out here, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. When do you find the time to back up to find out who you are and being true to yourself? If you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to other people. And I, and I really pride myself on doing the best that I can to be honest and being truthful. Well, the thing I, I love about your whole presentation is that it's about branding. It's about marketing and uh, and brand association. I remember when Steve, when I first started, I first well, I met Steve in 86 when I was a stand-up comic. I was headlining. He was my opening act. 
And then in 92, you know, uh, Def Comedy Jam came through town and he was headlining the show. They asked me to come down and do a set. And he would always say his name on stage. Steve Harvey said this. Well, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. He was constantly branding himself. And name recognition. If you didn't know who was performing, he's going to tell you. So the bell report. When I see the bell report, that every time it's your last name, it's part of the branding process. Tell us how that came about. The whole magazine and also the bell report name. <laughs> <laughs> the bell report is it's such a gift from God and how it came into fruition. It's, it's pretty. uh Years ago, 15, 16, 17 years ago now, my cousin Kevin was riding his motorcycle out mm -hmm. in Charlottesville. He had a motorcycle accident. His mom called and she said, Sheila, let the family know what's going on with Kevin. Because what happened with him, the motorcycle accident, he slid a tree branch limb went through his eye. His son was behind him, following him and his Son got involved in the same accident, but his son was not severely hurt. Mm -hmm. They met flight him to the University of Virginia Hospital. And while all this is going on, I'm now keeping the family, the Bell family, aware of what's going on. So what I had to figure out, that's when the Internet was still pretty new. Right. And I had to figure out, OK, just put something on it. So I said, hey, hey this is the Bell report for the family. So right. I kept updating people what was going on because I was still doing news at that time of another radio station mm -hmm. at another TV station. Mm -hmm. I was updating people what was going on. And as he got better, I remember there was an event that was going on in the city. And I said, hey, by the way, Kevin, if you're feeling a little bit better, there's an event that we can go to. Right. And he said, hey, that's pretty cool. He got better. And then a couple of days later, I said, I found out there are two more things that's going on. So this went on for about a good week and a half. And somebody in the family sent that bell report to somebody else and it started to float. And about two or three weeks later, I got an email from a friend of mine in the industry who said, hey, I understand that you're sending out a newsletter or something. Can you send out this event as well? <laughs> mm -hmm. And here are 500 additional emails that you can also have and distribute this to as well. Wow. So a light bulb went off that made me think, all righty, I don't think they want to hear about my cousin. <laughs> Let me split these and keep the bell report for the bell report for the family and make right. the other one the bell report for everyone else. Right. And it initially started with the split with the bell report. That stayed the way that it was. But uh -huh. when it came for the bell report for the industry, I started to try to find information about what was going on. And what was interesting, we didn't have the type of websites with all the information that we have now. So I would drive from Richmond, Virginia to Washington, D.C. and pick up all the ethnic newspapers at Howard University to find out <laughs> all the different events that were going on. And I would have to call these people to find out. And then it became like a community calendar of all these different events mm -hmm. that was going on. Mm -hmm. And then having reporting skills, then you start to go to the different events and you start interviewing people and you start taking pictures. And before you know it, the Bell Report became two separate entities. And then I had family members who said, take me off the other Bell Report just keep me on the other family bell report. Uh -huh. And it just started to grow from there. And it has been growing ever since. And I think that we do well because we try to make sure that we're not sending out emails all day long. Mm -hmm. We do have the website, but people want that email directly to their email front door. Mm -hmm. So we send it out late at night. We send it out in the noon day at around 12 noon, just mm -hmm. twice a day. Mm -hmm. But if you were to print it out, it's maybe anywhere from 18 to 22 pages. 
wow. of information that's going on in the gospel community from what's happening with the record labels, the gospel artists, the mm-hmm. conventions, whatever's going on. People call me, send me stuff, the publicists. And what the beauty is about the Bell Report, which is why now God gave this to me, you have all this information out there. People have websites. Mm-hmm. People are all over the place. But how do people know how to get to your website? Mm-hmm. How do they know that if you <laughs> if you're trying to publish it? Right. So right. I'm like, hey, the Bell Report goes to everybody mm-hmm. and people have gotten so mentally lazy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Give me what I can get and just send it to my email. Mm-hmm. So by sending it to the email, it's right there. Everything mm-hmm. that you need, everything that you want. And we also put links and other things in the reports if people want to go there. But the Bell Report has done really well. It's a blessing from God. He even told me how to make a couple coins from it and when I'm pushing <laughs> it out. And it helps pay my bills. And I thank God for, you know, God gives you all the things that you need. Right. Mm-hmm. He gives you the talents that you need, but he's trusting you with what he has given you as well. Right. So I just try to make sure with the gifts that God has given me that I use them to help people. But I also make sure that I'm using them to the glory of God and letting God know every day that I wake up that he can trust me with what he's trying to bless me with. You know, um, this is a great story. Um, and you, you speak of God and he prepares you. All right. In 2015, I'm I'm going to share a story that's going to be relatable to you. In 2015, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And um, and um, it, it, it really was a, a game changer for me mentally because I wasn't expecting that. In fact, I'd done my annual exam in December and with the dentist and my doctor and everything was good. And it was I walked into the, uh, the for blood work. And the, the, the doctor who was doing the blood work said, can I just touch your throat, touch your neck, you know, just something that wasn't normal. And then she said, can I do a biopsy on this little this little lump right here? And it, she did the biopsy. It turned out to be th- uh, cancerous. And I, and I always tell people, when somebody tells you the word cancer, I don't care where you're in life. It shuts you down mentally. I mean, death immediately takes upon your spirit. Uh, it's a, it's a sense of, a sense of, you know, they, they, I don't care how many times they can tell you, well, you know, the survival rate's good. It doesn't, it doesn't click with you at all. But when I, I didn't tell my family right away because I wanted to take all this in. And it was, it was really when I realized that, you know, faith prepares you for an opportunity to ascend that, a perspective on your life. And I would tell you this, Miss Bell. I, 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 I walked away with that situation when I finally told my family because I was very comfortable where my life was at at that point. Mm. And I'm still comfortable today. That wow. you know, you know, you look at your life, what have you accomplished? Are, are you a good person? Have you done things unselfishly in your life? Have you enabled other people to achieve? Have you reached your goals? Are you achieving your goals? Are you living the life that you want to live? And I, I, I was just checking off all these boxes. And I mm. went, you know, I wasn't ready to check out. But if I was going to check out, I was comfortable with the process. And that's where I'm at with my life. And I try to tell everybody, you know, don't hold off any opportunity or dream possibility. And so when I read about you being diagnosed in 2016, I want you to share your experience on my show because I try to be very honest with you. I mean, this is my experience, but everybody has a different experience because it's so impactful. I lost my sister to breast cancer. So I know what it can do to you and how it can devastate a family and take away somebody you love the most. But it happened to me and I, and, and I was able to deal with it professionally because that's what it was. It was a professional moment for me. 
to be able wow. to deal with it because I put my life in perspective and I've never, ever gotten up saying what I could not do. I just tried to do it and I tried to do it at 100%. And that's my story and that's my life. And that's why I live it every day. And that's why I created this money-making conversation platform so I can talk to amazing people like you because your story is inspirational. More importantly, you get to share it on the platform that thousands of people can hear. Your turn. Wow. <laughs> it's well, like you said, it's amazing when you get diagnosed or something like that, you are never prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And when I initially got that test and they, uh, it, let me even back up. When I was at the radio station, they mm -hmm. were talking about having a health fair. And someone said, you know, they're going to be doing mammograms there. And I had not had one, mm -hmm. had not. <laughs> right. But when I was invited to go, I knew when I went, my life was going to change. I just, I just knew it. Mm -hmm. And I went that Saturday, I walked up those three steps. There was a young lady sitting in that little lobby area of a, I call it the mammogram mobile mm -hmm. because it was a mobile that was there. Mm -hmm. There was a young lady sitting there. And when I walked in, I looked at her, I said, my life will never be the same. And she just looked at me and tilted her head. Mm -hmm. They called me back. They did three or four images. They mm -hmm. said, we'll call you if there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, they called. They said, we found some crystallization mm -hmm. and I had to go to the hospital to further that. I went to the University of Virginia, which is where I got everything originally done mm -hmm. because I didn't want to really deal with it here where I am in Richmond. When I got there and uh, they started taking images, I think by the time they were on image number 12 or 13, mm -hmm. it started to get real. Mm -hmm. I said, OK. And I started to get some emotions there. Mm -hmm. Then they wanted to take a biopsy. And when they took the biopsy and the doctor looked at some things and I said, do we have a problem? He says, we have a problem. Mm. So we got through that. And when I got through that and I went outside, that was that one moment when I had to sit down and get myself together. I had to process it. I had to mentally figure out what I'm going to do. I had to mentally make some decisions. How are you going to handle this? Are you going to fall apart? Are you going to be strong? Yes. It's not about why. It's that God is trusting you with this assignment. Yes. So let's handle this. Your mother passed away from bone cancer. Handle it. You are here. And after I got through that, it was sort of like it was sort of like saying game on. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. the mindset that I took. And I was supposed to have six uh, chemotherapy treatments. I was supposed to um, do the whole nine. But what was so interesting when you are in a position like that, the first thing you start figuring out is, OK, I got to figure out how to handle this. But then when you meet to when you meet with a doctor, you really don't know what to ask. You right. don't know what to do. You right. don't know how to feel. You don't know what direction to go in because you've never been in this uncharted territory before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're now dependent on this doctor to give you the best advice possible, mm -hmm. what you should do, how you should handle it, what treatment you should take. Mm -hmm. So what they were telling me after I started digging, because I don't mind digging and getting research, but right. what this doctor told me, um, I didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me that I needed to have surgery first and I needed to do this and that. And 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 I'm like, wait, I'm like, but if, if you have surgery first and you you do have a large I had an eight, uh, an eight centimeter uh, tumor. Mm -hmm. I said, why don't we do the chemo first to shrink it? Mm -hmm. And then do the surgery to remove it. Mm -hmm. But then they didn't give me all the options. They were telling me that I could have both of my breasts removed. Mm. And it was really a mess. Mm -hmm. So after I initially got a port in mm -hmm. and then I had my first chemotherapy treatment, uh, that went pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. Two weeks into the first chemo treatment, and I was finding out some tightness in my chest, and then the port got infected. And after the port got infected, and I was calling the hospital in UVA, and I'm in Richmond, they were saying, well, you need to get to the emergency room. And then when I got to the emergency room, then we found out that the port was infected, I had a wound infection, I had a blood infection, and they had to take the port out. Mm. Then I was admitted to the hospital. Then I had Mercer. Mm -hmm. Then I got out of the hospital about a week and a half later that I was on Vicomeris, Vinca, whatever that drug is, Mm -hmm. for about 21 days. Mm -hmm. Then after that got cleared up, I went back to treatment for my chemo, which was treatment number two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Treatment number three was a little rough Mm -hmm. because by this time I was going through losing weight. I was down 85 pounds. The hair was gone. I was also in the middle of pulling together an event at my church called The Gift. And that gift helped me to propel and push through what I was going through. The Gift was a program that I put together that was going to be helping out people who were caregivers and people who were also dealing with cancer. But that gave me that fight and that gave me something to focus on. Right. After that third treatment, though, it was just rough. Mm -hmm. But I made it through. And then we went to the fourth treatment. Mm -hmm. At the fourth treatment, I asked them, the doctor, I said, do you think you that we might be able to wrap this up at treatment number five? She said, well, let's see. At this time, remember, they took the port out. Right. So when I left the hospital this time, I now had a pick in my arm. Mm -hmm. So the pick is what's getting the chemotherapy treatment for the second treatment, the third treatment and the fourth treatment. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking on the fifth treatment. Hey, 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 we're done. We're going to wrap this up. When I get there for the fifth treatment, they can't get a return on the blood. Mm. They're trying to get a return on the blood. Mm-hmm. And then they say, we're going to have to take the pick out. Mm-hmm. Mm. When this happens, this is when you have to go back and, and have a little talk with Jesus mm-hmm. and praying that he will make everything all right. Mm-hmm. And I had to trust my faith to get me through this moment mm-hmm. because at this moment, they call my doctors back downstairs. And as much of a fighter as I am and the doctors realized I was trying to hold onto this pick line mm-hmm. because they already took the port out. Mm-hmm. So if you took the port out and I'm thinking if you take the pick out, what are we going to do next? Because we have either one more, or two more treatments left. Right. Right. So they're looking at me. I'm looking at them. And it was this moment of silence because I had to get it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I said, go ahead and take the pick out. Mm-hmm. Take the pick out. But it was on the third time that I meant it mm-hmm. and I trusted God. Mm-hmm. And I said, take the pick out. Mm-hmm. And they took the pick out. They sent me to the emergency room. They wrapped my arm up. Mm-hmm. I went home. Mm-hmm. I got dressed for my event, the gift, mm-hmm. at my church, which seats over 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. I got there that evening. I could barely walk. I have a black shawl wrapped around my arm. The mm-hmm. stuff in my arm is gradually oozing out and crystallizing. Mm-hmm. I've got two cousins looking after me. Mm-hmm. When I walk on the pulpit that evening that I'm so-called co-hosting Barely Can Walk, a good chunk of my church was there who did not know that I was going through all of this. Mm-hmm. They have seen me MC many of concerts, host, radio, TV, the whole nine. But when I walked on that platform, there was silence. There was you could hear people gasping. Mm -hmm. You could hear people in shock. And I saw people cry. Mm. And I think because I had not had a chance to be in church about two or three months, 
I was emotional, but we got through it. Mm-hmm. That was that Saturday. It was a great program. Ja'Kalen Carr was my special guest. She came beautiful. up with her dad. And Absolutely. It was just a beautiful thing. That little, People what, were honored. We gave them the awards. That's and a then grown after, woman it, with 15 years ago. She's, I don't know if she's older than that, but the Kayla Right, Carr. she's like 23, <laughs> 20 is crazy. And, and she's dating a football player now, <laughs> oh right? God, yes. That's crazy. That's her personal business, sorry. But, right, so <laughs> she's there. It's just an amazing moment. We finished with the program. Mm-hmm. Sunday comes, Monday comes. I'm going back to get this pick line in. And we've realized that, okay, this isn't going to happen. Let's wait and see what the MRI does. Mm-hmm. So we finally get clearance on the MRI. We walked down to, to the office and it was a fireplace there. I said, I'm going to take this picture. Believe in God is going to heal me. Mm-hmm. So we walk through, we go to the back. I'm about to get this MRI done. The nurse, she comes over to me. She says, would you mind if I pray for you? I uh-huh. said, come on, somebody. Thank you. <laughs> she she prays for me. I walk back. I'm laying down on this table. This is on Monday or Tuesday. We're waiting for the phone call to come back. The lady finally calls. Carol calls me on a Wednesday morning. I missed the call. I have to call her back. I said, Carol, she said, Sheila, we got the results. And her voice dropped. I'm still trusting God. And she says, hey, I want you to know that we didn't find any cancer. All the cancer is gone. So you have a great Christmas and you enjoy yourself. So I thank God for that miracle. That's all that thought right there. Because I remember (laughs) when the doctor told me, the doctor told me, he said, you know, because we always have the fear of it coming back. But the doctor came in my room. He went, you're you cancer free. Then he just walked out. I went, what did he just say? Did he say? He just walked out. You're right. You know, he just said, you, you good. You cancer free. Just walked out. I went, did he just say cancer free? Did he say I'm cool? I'm clear? I I, I just went, I got to confirm this again. I, I ran up and down his hall and I, and I just saw him. I went to, what did you just say? Okay, because you just casually said that I was cancer-free. Yeah, you, you're good. You're good. You're good. I went, thank you, but I'm just let you know now. You can't say something like that casually. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's your life. You know what I'm saying? And so, but people don't value. They just give you information and think it's trivial, but they don't know the emotional uh, uh, journey that you're on because this is life and death information that is being given to you. So I know when you was given that information, it's like, Oh my God, this is this is this real? Is it true? You start, you start doubting yourself, you start contradicting the information, and then you have to process it as being real. So it was I, a moment when they said waiting to exhale. Right. You finally get to <laughs> exhale at that moment. And I did. And it's just amazing how you feel after that, yes. and you have time to heal. And yes. even I had to have radiation. Yeah. And you know, people have really bad side effects of radiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found a friend who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody <laughs> who was making this cream up in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I'll take two jars of it. They said, put it on there before the treatment starts. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I got less than a sun, less than a sunburn wow. of a burnt on wow. me from 33 rounds of radiation. Less. 
That was it. Congratulations. I thank God for it. God was with me through this whole situation. And it's amazing when you were talking about when you had to tell your family members. Mm -hmm. I remember I told my niece and my nephew and I thought that I was going to fix it up. I said, hey, I got a little something that's going on. Uh But the doctor said I'm going to be okay. I'm thinking I'm doing a good job because I'm Uh telling them the good thing. And I tried to backtrack. And before I knew I could hear tears. Mm -hmm. So and then I heard the breakdown. So after the niece and the nephew and the brother and the sister, I didn't tell anybody else because it was too much absolutely Absolutely. and when family members are hearing they're like not you not you sheila bell not no Mm -hmm. it's like people just couldn't comprehend or would not accept it Mm -hmm. and my sister she wouldn't accept it she Mm -hmm. just she just wouldn't accept it and i think we were thinking about my mom but i just think about what you were talking about sometimes when you go through something you become more concerned about the family members than taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So to go through that, the surgery and the radiation and um, all that I went through, I just thank God that I'm, I'm okay. It's, well, it's just amazing well, you, to be you're, here you're and to have okay. a testimony to share and give God all the glory for it. You're more than okay. Sheila, I want to thank you for coming on my show. Can we do this once a quarter? Can we have a? I would love to. I love your energy. I love your smile. I love your personality. (laughs) I love how you just make this such a comfortable atmosphere just to share and to be transparent and to also prayerfully helping other people who may be going through some of the similar things that we have gone through. I'll tell you, you I'm a fan of yours. I wanted to get you on the show once a quarter. We're going to have a little emotional praise because people need it. I bring in my girl, Yolanda Adams, on the show, you know, at least three times a year. She's like, my mentor, she, she she checks me, keeps me focused. She keeps it a clear understanding. And I have to treat you like another sister because you're my sister uh, from Richmond. She's my sister from Houston where I was born and raised. So, Bell Report, I'm in your report once a month. I'm in your life every day because we are <laughs> sisters and brothers of a life. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, okay? Thank you so much for having me. Have a great one and God bless you real good. Thank you. I appreciate you. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.